The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Good evening. This is Engaging Truth, a radio program heard every Sunday night at the 7 and 7.30 slot. Um, ELM is the, the mother of this Engaging Truth programming. So you'll hear it every Sunday night and have for 11 years Christ the very center point of what we do and of what we speak. On this particular time of the year, we're focusing our attention upon pastors who have been in ministry for a long time, pastors who have retired from ministry, pastors who have a story, uh, pastors who have loved, uh, who have lost loved ones. And I'm going to introduce you this evening to one of my favorite brothers in ministry who has always touched my life simply because the clarity of the gospel comes from him every time I hear him speak. My friend's name is Pastor John Kieschnick. Welcome, John. Good evening. Good to talk to you, Dave. Thank you. Pastor John, we're going to begin just with a little bit of information about where you have been. I think a lot of pastors can say they've been in many, many different places. Um, but the last many years, you've been a, a the pastor of Gloria Day in Kima and uh, let's just talk a little bit about first about where you began in ministry and how you ended up in Kima. Well, actually, it's in Nassau Bay, so I got to straighten that out first. But it's close to Kima, uh, but actually, in the mailing address is Houston. So, uh, uh, but people may know uh, the Johnson Space Center. Gloria Day Lutheran was right across the street from the Johnson Space Center. But uh, more specifically, in answer to your question, actually, uh, uh, I began my ministry as a teacher. I followed my father and two brothers, taught for two years, and uh, then really I resisted for years going into the pastoral ministry, but just felt finally that God had stirred in my heart, really through the study of the book of Acts and Acts 2. And I kept saying to myself, if God did that in the first century, why don't I see it happening in the 20th? And that was back in the 1960s. And so from the conviction, really, of the Holy Spirit, and really something I had resisted for years, I went to the seminary, and uh, praise the Lord, I got one of the better gifts in the seminary was my wife of 50 years, who happened to be the president's secretary. And uh, she and I had a whirlwind romance from October of 69, engaged in January of 70, got married on July the 4th, the fireworks started, and uh, we started our ministry together at our Redeemer Lutheran Church in Irving, Texas. And it was a wonderful ministry. I'm so grateful to God that by His grace He called the two of us to that wonderful little mission church. And uh, we served there for four years. God blessed us with two children. And then uh, a cousin of mine proposed uh, my name for the call, Gloria Day in Houston. And I was stunned when I received it. Didn't know what to do. I talked with several people and was led by the Spirit 
to accept the call to Gloria Day, and I was installed on Reformation Sunday, the last Sunday of October of 1974, and really was honored and privileged to serve there for 33 years to the Sunday, not the date, but I uh, repositioned. I don't believe in retirement, Dave. Uh, I, <laughs> I repositioned the last Sunday of uh, uh, October of 19, I'm sorry, 2007. And so that's kind of my ministry journey. And as I, uh, as you and I have talked a bit, uh, after that, God gave me an opportunity to uh, help churches because one of my passions is teaching people the joy of generous giving as they're stirred by grace. And so I help churches really uh, not raise money, but raise up their generosity and their faith for 10 years uh, working in that capacity for the capital funding services of the Lutheran Church of uh, Missouri Synod. Uh, and so that what a privilege it was for me. I learned more than I taught anyone. Uh, I must say, Pastor John, that... Um I've known you for all the time that I've been in Texas, and I've always been motivated by just the way you make the presentation on stewardship from a sincere, wholesome gospel presentation. I belong to Aldi for almost 25 years, and I've heard many, many conversations and many motivational speeches, but none like you uh, gave to us at St. John's years ago on Second Corinthians eight and nine. That was absolutely, absolutely. The, the 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 prime conversation of motivation for giving in the name of Jesus. So I want to say thank you again publicly. Well, I want to say thank you. It was my privilege, and uh, I just tell you anything that I've accomplished is in line with what Paul wrote. You know that uh, whatever good comes out of this is an evidence of grace, because I really believe that all of life. All of our time, talents, uh, possessions are all evidences of God's marvelous grace to us. And so thank you for your very kind comments, Dave, Pastor Dave. Well, I know that when I began, and probably it was in the early 60s, when I began to minister, I remember the president of the seminary said it very vocally, okay, you guys have got your calls, now go out and take care of that church and start another one. Uh, yeah. I didn't know any differently. I, I thought that was the absolute <laughs> way of doing ministry. You start one church, and or you take care of one church, and you start another one. Well, yeah. was your time was your time with Gloria Day? Had they even done anything there except just identify the place where the new church ought to be? Well, you know, uh, I was privileged to serve. It was actually a as they call it a mission start from the Texas district, but supported by Hope Lutheran Church in Friendswood. Oh, yes. And Larry, Larry Wright Nearson was the pastor there, and this was when NASA was developing. And so the Texas district had the foresight to buy three and a half acres of property. They thought in those days that's all the property you need, you know, for a church, and they really had the foresight to buy that. And then the first pastor was Pastor Leo Simak. And he served there from 60, uh, I think it was uh, late 67 until uh, the spring of 74. And and uh, I don't say this disrespectfully, but really the, the Gloria Day grew because there were many, many uh, Lutherans moving into the area. And so that was, uh, it really became uh, a church that, you know, and thank God for it. 
could serve Lutheran families moving into the uh, Clear Lake area of the Johnson Space Center. And I recall vividly saying to the uh, leadership when I considered that call, I said, uh, are you willing to reach people that have, uh, uh, for years, I have been most effective in reaching what I call de-churched. I know that some call them unchurched. I found that there are a lot of people that originally had a connection, they were baptized into the Christian faith, and they drifted away. And so uh, we really were able, by the grace of God, uh, about half of our membership came from that type of background. We certainly never uh, said, you, if you're a Lutheran, you can't join. That was not what we were saying. But we really felt that we were to be a mission to those who had uh, de- become de-churched, and God richly blessed that ministry. The people caught the vision, and God blessed that ministry tremendously. It was, uh, I'm going to say it again, Pastor Dave, it was all by grace. I really didn't know what I was doing. But he did, and, and so I'm grateful for his leadership and inspiration. Isn't that true of all ministry? We go out there Amen. and we plunge in and we do it, and it really has nothing to do with us anyway. It all's by grace. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Let me yeah, ask you a question. Yeah, sure, sure. What would you say ought to be, and I think I know the answer, but what do you say what ought to be the highlight of all ministry? Oh, I think bringing people into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That, uh, I believe that life is all about relationships. I don't believe that you, uh, and this is a personal conviction, I don't think anybody can experience God apart from another personal relationship. And certainly it's in a personal relationship with Jesus. But as uh, John reminds us in his letters, you, know, you can't say you love God if you don't like the person that's next to you. And so I just, uh, I've learned over the years, I was talking with a, with a church planter today, we had lunch together, and I said, one constant in my life in ministry has been helping people cultivate relationships. We don't do it perfectly, we're all broken, but I'll tell you, I, I've never met a person that didn't yearn to have a deep relationship with God, and the way you're going to experience that is in a relationship with a person in whom the Spirit of God dwells. So uh, I, I hope that comes through clearly, uh, that, uh, that to know Jesus is to know, uh, is to know a Christian. You know, there is nothing like standing in front of a crowd of people, or even a Bible class of few people, and proclaiming the message in such a way that you sometimes are embarrassed, but then you see the scales fall from the eyes of some of Amen. the people who are there. Explain, just kind of share with the, the listening audience that experience of joy. Well, uh, and I think part of it is that most of us uh, labor under what, what, you know, what the Bible says is the law. Yeah. In other words, and, and frankly, I include my own life in that, you know, uh, that we try to prove our worth. We try to uh, tell God, hey, we're doing the best that we can. And, and honestly, deep in our gut, pardon the expression, uh, we know, you know what, it still just doesn't work. <laughs> and, and so, because uh, I, I honestly thought I understood grace until I went through a personal crisis in ministry, and uh, God took care of some pride in my life, 
it took him about five years, and I got a little bit <laughs> a little miffed that it took him so long that he said, you're just a hard-headed German, I'm going to stick with it. And I tell you, I discovered in that moment, and that is what, uh, I tell you, that's what sets people free. By grace, you're saved. It's a gift of God, not a works, lest any person should boast, and then reminding ourselves, what a pleasure, because God has made us his workmanship in Christ Jesus so we can do those good works now freed and inspired by his grace that God had planned for us all along. Uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. You know, that was James Kennedy's line. That's right. And uh, I'll tell you, so many people have said they've been to church for years and never heard it. And I thought, well, we want to make sure they hear it. You know what? We want to make sure they hear it. Yep. But we have to live it too. Yes. You know, we have to be willing. We have to be willing to uh, allow God to forgive us, and that we can forgive other people. And that's only by grace. Another question for you, and I think about people of influence in our life, and I think about those who are influential in my life. Who yes. would you say was the greatest influence in your ministry, and how were they of that influence? There, there are any number of them because I think of the chairwoman of the Board of Education in the little Lutheran school that I was principal and teacher and youth director at in Havertown, Pennsylvania, who really challenged me and encouraged me to go to the seminary. So she played a more profound role than I think I've ever given her credit for. And uh, so she, she was very instrumental to get me to the seminary. And uh, But the person who really shaped me in my ministry, my dad, of course, and both of my brothers were Christian and Lutheran educators, but uh, since I was privileged to come back to Texas uh, for my first call, and I've been here ever since in 1970, uh, Ray Scotty, who was the uh, executive secretary for the Board for Parish Services of the Texas District, you know, the state of Texas, of Missouri Senate Churches, except El Paso, because Denver is closer <laughs> to El Paso than Austin is. But uh, <laughs> uh, Ray, Ray Scotty, he taught me back in 1961 uh, when I went to Concordia Junior College in Austin. And uh, I remember he was the founding pastor of Redeemer Lutheran Church on Anderson Lane in Austin. And that, was a, that area of Austin was just beginning to grow. And then, Pastor Dave, I remember whenever I could get a car, I would go over to Redeemer because Ray Scotty had such a fire in his belly for Jesus Christ. And here I was, I mean, I was, uh, I was, you know, in my teens, my late teens. And uh, then when I came to Texas, he took me under his wing, and I and his wife Kathy is just a wonderful Christian woman, and uh, he challenged me. And every time I thought uh, that I was doing, you know. Uh, something really good. Well, guess what? Uh, it <laughs> it wasn't as good as I thought it was, and he would always challenge me to do more. So Reverend Ray Scotty, now sainted and home with the Lord, uh, I am so grateful for him and for his uh, care and cultivation of my life and ministry. Let's just take a couple minutes and just talk about what we are and what we do. We are a small group of Christ-centered folks who believe in the power of communication. Programs such as this can be disseminated electronically 
almost immediately, instantaneously across the world. And you know, I don't think that's going to end. That's why we are pausing at this moment to ask you to prayerfully consider helping us distribute our program interviews. I'll tell you how you can do that. You can go to our website, elmhouston.org, to donate online, or you can send your support to, and I'll give you the address, ELM P.O. Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410. And also at our website, elmhouston.org, you can access podcasts of past Engaging Truth programs or use the contact tab to ask us a question, comment on our programming, or even submit a prayer request. Let's go back a little bit to our guest, uh, Pastor John Kieschnick. Retired, but uh, repositioned to do many other things. And I'm sure that as he wakes up in the morning, another new idea enters his mind. You know, I would like to ask the question, as you look back, might you be willing to tell us what you might have done differently, if anything? Well, one of the biggest learning experiences for me was in my first uh, um, uh, pastoral ministry, it was called a mission, although I think every congregation should consider themselves as a mission. But we were in a little demountable chapel, and uh, there were like 90 members and what have you. And God, I, was, I was privileged to serve there, as I say, a little over four years. And uh, so God just grew that church. And uh, I said, boy, we need to go to two services. And people said, oh, pastor, if we do that, we won't know everybody here. And I bought into it, and it was a mistake. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> because, oh, my goodness. So I would say that was uh, that was a boneheaded move. And, and part of it, and it's easy to do that, because I grew up in central Texas, and everybody I knew was a Christian. You were either Missouri Synod Lutheran, you were a member of the American Lutheran Church, it was called the Lord Church. It was down at the bottom of the hill, and then it was the Roman Catholic Church, uh, quite uh, you know several miles away. That was really the upper church, although Missouri Senate Zion thought that we were. And uh, but I'm I'm telling you, I didn't know anybody that wasn't affiliated with the church. So I assumed when we moved into Irving that that was going to be true. Wow, did I have to learn that was not true. And uh, so I had to learn a whole new way of doing ministry. And I'll, I'll go back to uh, Pastor Ray Scotty. He's the one that really said, John, and he provided opportunities for me to grow in that. But I remember walking the streets. In those days, I was different. You could still do that yep. today. I know that some groups do, but frankly, it's not nearly as effective. As, as people used to lay in their streets, and I remember my knees were just knocking uh, when I would knock on somebody's door, and I really didn't want to do it. <laughs> and my goodness, the second house I came to happened to be a doctor and his family and said, well, why don't you come on in? We have two girls. We're Lutherans. We've never connected anywhere. We have two girls that need to be baptized. And, and so uh, <laughs> praise God for that. You know, I mean, that's, again, so providential. But I would say, I mean, I made, and that's where grace comes in, uh, I made my share of mistakes. But I learned something from Lyle Schaller. He he said uh, 
when you, when you try to do things differently, he said, uh, don't set it in stone. Uh, tell the members, we're going to experiment. If this works, we'll continue to improve it. If it doesn't work, we'll forget it and we'll move on and try something else. And I'll tell you, that's had a profound influence uh, in my ministry. If people know, this is, you know, if we have to change course, uh, we're going to change course. Uh, God frees us to do that. So I would say the, the freedom to make, uh, uh, you know, different decisions as the Spirit of God leads, because times change, as we all know. But the gospel never does, and everybody needs that relationship. You just recently, uh, Brother John, lost your wife uh, of uh, many years. Give us a little Give us a little hearty conversation about that relationship and how she benefited in your ministry so much. Well, I'm, uh, Pastor Dave, I'm so glad that you asked because I mentioned earlier that uh, probably the best thing I got out of the seminary was my wife because she was the president's secretary. <laughs> and I won't go into the peculiar way in which we had our first date, etc. She hated that story, but I loved it, and I'll tell it to you sometime. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it was a whirlwind romance. Uh, I dated, as I said, October, engaged in January, married in July, and started our ministry. But uh, she did not come out of a... Uh, she, she had been a Baptist and was baptized in her young years at the Baptist Church, and then her own decision. She had lost her father when she was six and a half, and her sister was like eight. So she was raised by her single uh, mother and grandmother, she and her sister. And uh, she told me early on that she, above all else, she wanted to be a wife and a mother. And, uh, uh, boy, I'll tell you, she, she taught me so much because... I had a stereotypical view of what a pastor's wife ought to be. And what she taught me, and people really at Gloria Day deeply appreciated, and that is that uh, her primary calling was to be my wife and the mother of our three children, and she just happened to be married to a pastor. And uh, so, uh, that, and, and I know that every couple Every uh, pastor and uh, spouse couple is different, okay? But it really worked for us, and I, I will tell you, I'm so grateful to God. Uh, my wife's greatest legacy, she went home to be with the Lord September the 21st, and we had just celebrated 50 years of marriage on July the 4th. And uh, her greatest legacy are her three, uh, our three children. And uh, I'm so grateful to God for her. Uh, I miss her, but you know what? I know she's home with the Lord, and so many people sent letters, cards, and said, you know what we really loved about Elaine? She just was who she was. Yes. She never made a big issue that she happened to be. She she told somebody, <laughs> she said, uh, well, I'm John's wife. Well, what does John do? Well, he's a pastor. You mean pastor here? <laughs> you know, at Gloria Day. And uh, so that... Uh, I, I am forever grateful because a one mistake I made in ministry is I almost married in addition to my wife. And uh, she put up with it, and she said one time, how do you argue uh, with a man who said, God has called me to do this? And uh, But she called me to account appropriately, and so we had a, uh, we, we had a good, uh, <laughs> at times, feisty relationship. But you know what? 
Grace covered that too. Pastor John, thank you for your presence tonight on Engaging Truth. We'll be back again. Join us again at 7 or 7.30 next Sunday night. Good night. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.